I admit to being freaked out about podcasting until I discovered Anchor. First off, it's free. It has creation tools that allow me to record and edit podcasts. Most importantly to me, it distributed my podcast to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a lot of others. Yeah, it also allows me the opportunity to make money on my podcast, which is a win. But most important overall, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's a huge win. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, hey, welcome everyone. We are, uh, well, I am solo today. Uh, Tony, uh, who has been with me in um, prior streams, if you have joined, uh, you know this. He's looking to join, um, but he's been having some technical difficulties. So hopefully he gets to join. Part of what I really like about doing this with y'all is the opportunity to chat with Tony or Gianni or uh, Holden, or Daniel, or Kyle. Um, it's, you know, part of what makes sports fun is the different opinions we have and bouncing ideas off of each other. Uh, for example, if you were with us last week uh, when Tony disagreed with who the number one player in the NBA was uh, and then dropped a bomb on Gianni and I uh, with his idea of who it was. Uh, and feel free to look at last week's uh, stream if you're curious. That's what I enjoy. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, I'm not, you know, into this to hear myself talk. Uh, I like chatting with others, but tonight, uh, it looks like it's just going to be me and you, uh, if Tony jumps on, of course, we'll uh, bring him in and, uh, chat about our topics today is going to be kind of quick. I wanted to start with this though. As of this second, we are 10 days, 22 hours. 41 minutes, 17 seconds, 16 seconds, 15 seconds away from NBA basketball. I, I'm still, you know, on the fence. I go from being excited to being a little freaked out uh, to being cautiously optimistic about the bubble. Um, but at the end of the day, when those 10 days are up and I get to flip a channel and watch NBA basketball again, I'm going to be excited. Excited as all of you are. Uh, all of you are, no doubt. So uh, we're close, and we are finally close to not talking about what's in the news and actually talking about games again. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Um, but we're still 10 days out. So we got three topics today. Number one, let's start with some players are leaving the bubble. Uh, the NBA, when they created this bubble, um, uh, put out about 113 page article with a bunch, not article, a document, a group of policies, a list of policies that people had to follow. Uh, very, very detailed rules, very, deta very detailed process. The idea was to keep the players, the staff safe. We know they're tested. We know that they don't have the virus. Uh, so as long as they stay together and stay within this bubble, theoretically, everything's going to be okay. Now, of course, you know, this virus doesn't care about your bubble, doesn't care about your rules, uh, doesn't care about your process. Uh, there is always a possibility of things, you know, moving in and out 
um, that you really just can't control, which is why, you know, in this panel over the last few weeks, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, how scary uh, it's going to be um, should this fail. Uh, but everybody's optimistic. The NBA is optimistic. Uh, professionals are optimistic. Uh, Tony Fauci is optimistic. So let's be optimistic and let's enjoy it. One of the allowances is players are allowed to leave the bubble. Um, now, they do. They got to be quarantined when they get back. They have to have two tests to show that they're negative and then they can get back into the uh, you know, practice and normal routine. Uh, two players to date. Um, there might be more, but these are the two kind of more prominent ones have left the bubble to care for urgent family matters. Uh, Montrezl Harrell and Zion Williamson. Um, these are two guys that are very, very important to their respective teams. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to throw out to the panel, which today is me, uh, which of these players is more important to their team? Um, now I want to kind of caveat that a little bit. Um, these guys are going to come back. They're heading out to take care of business. They're going to come back. They're going to be in quarantine. They're going to play. There's no expectation that they're going to miss any games uh, or any playoffs, uh, playoff games. So I'm not suggesting that at all. But it kind of got me to thinking. These are two really good players, key pieces of their teams. One's a bench player. Uh, one's a starter. Uh, one's a rookie. Uh, one's a vet. Who's more important? And, um, you know, I, I can't speak for Tony or any of the other guys who normally join, so I'm going to give you my thoughts. Um, the Clippers are the second seed. Uh, Montrezl Harrell is a key component there, certainly. They've got a big enough lead um, that, it, as far as playoff seeding, that I'm not too concerned with them, um, you know, going 8-0 in the eight games leading up to the playoffs. Uh, so when I think of who's more important to the team right now. Um, I think long-term Trez is probably more important because the Clippers have got bigger goals than the Pelicans, but in the eight games, and that's really all we're kind of talking about in the eight games leading up to the playoffs. It, it's hard to deny Zion Williamson uh, guy's been a monster. Um, the things he's done as a rookie are, are just incredible. And um, he is the key obviously, to the Pelicans getting that a spot, um, which, you know, would be, be a bit of a blessing and a curse for the Pelicans because they're likely going to get the Lakers. And I don't know if that's going to play off too well for them or end up too well for them. But, yeah, right now there's no denying. Uh, both are expected back. Both are uh, – yeah, baby, thank you, man. I appreciate that tip. I, I still am not altogether sure what that means, but – I, you took the time to do it and I'm grateful. I appreciate it. I've really got to learn this platform because I love it. I love Sportscaster. We're having a good time here. We're here every week. I've got to learn it better. So my apologies for that, but I really do appreciate that tip, man. Thank you very much. Um, Zion is the key to the Pelicans. Trez, the Clippers without him, they're still going to get where they need to be. They may not win at all. Uh, I think Trez is unimportant, but, um, you know, because we know they're coming back right now the Pelicans need Zion to get to the playoffs. The Clippers don't need Trez to do the same. So that's number one. I told you this is going to go quick today. Um, number two topic, uh, snitch is going to snitch. Um, we knew it was going to happen. One of the rules in the 113 uh, 
uh, list of rules and regulations and documentation around the bubble was an anonymous hotline, uh, a tip line. If you see somebody who wasn't following, man, you pick up the phone, you dial, and you snitch. Uh, now, the players have come out and said, listen, we're not going to do that. We're not going to snitch. But it's not just for the players. It's for staff. It's for um, trainers. Uh, anybody could snitch. And sure enough, it's happened. Uh, Dwight Howard apparently was walking around. He was outside, didn't have a mask on. Apparently, the bubble rules require a mask even outside. Um, and somebody snitched on him. Uh, so my question for the panel, which again is me, um, is who did that? Who snitched? And we've talked a lot about the, the snitch line, the anonymous hotline. I'm going to give you my thoughts. Uh, I can't help but wonder um, because there's really no repercussions, really. You know, you, you, you get talked to, you learn the rules, and next time, you know, Dwight's out, he's going to wear a mask, no doubt. I can't help but think it was a teammate, man. Can you imagine JaVale McGee? You know, that doesn't that sound like something JaVale McGee would do? Uh, pick up the line and snitch on his body, um, his teammate, uh, just to say he could, just to, just because he could. Uh, that seems realistic, and that's the approach I was going to go with. Would love to have heard the other, <laughs> the other guy's uh, opinions on it. Uh, but today, tonight, that's all you get. I did have this other thought, though. Um, I'm out and about, you know, I, I'm still pretty much contained, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from, um, not going out a lot, but you go crazy. So I, I've been getting out a little bit more than I have because, you know, our uh, area here is opening up and I'm wearing my mask, man. I'm doing my part and I see people who aren't and, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, you know, um, do what you got to do, but I wonder if this tip hotline, this anonymous snitch line how would that work in the real world um i can't help but think it would be probably as used as it's being used in the nba bubble if not more so um a funny thought and, and i was going to pose a question but it's just me and you guys don't care um but something to think about this is what we're going to end with today and i know this has gone by really quick but we're going to spend a lot of time on this last one bleach report um a site that I've been affiliated with in the past, uh, who does a good job, uh, recently wrote an article around uh, 10 or entitled 10 bowl predictions for the eight games leading up to the playoffs. Um, I'm, you know, these, these generally these lists are, it's kind of clickbait. Um, but at the end of the day, you write articles so that people read them. Uh, I clicked and it was a good piece. Uh, there were some things that, you know, absolutely were bowl predictions and other things that kind of weren't. Uh, but what I wanted to do, again, for the panel, which tonight is me, uh, was to talk, uh, I think it was, I think I said eight, but it's actually 10 bull predictions. Take a look at the, all 10 and just kind of rapid fire it. What do we think? What do I think uh, about that bull prediction? Do I think it's going to happen? Do I think it's not going to happen? Um, so let's go through that list real quick. And um, here are my thoughts. Bull prediction number one from Bleacher Report. The Raptors in the eight games, keep in mind this is just eight games leading up to the playoffs. The Raptors are going to emerge as a finals favorite. Now, all they're saying here is that they're going to have a serious shot to win it all. So in these eight games, they're going to exert their dominance. They're going to show, you know, how good they are. Uh, Yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, The Raptors are the defending champions. That means something. 
Um, it's not going to take you, you know, obviously to the promised land just because look, we won it last time. We get to win it this time. Doesn't work that way. But having been there matters, even though this is so different than last year. Uh, and the Raptors are a good team. Um, they're well coached. Um, they have solid players. It remind me a lot of the, uh, I think it was the 06 Detroit Pistons with, you know, a team that doesn't have a real superstar. Um, but they're a good team. And yeah, I could see them certainly emerging as a favorite to win it all and come out of the East. I don't think they will, but they'll be a favorite to do it. Bull prediction number two, Boston's other wing will shine brighter. Essentially what they're saying here is that Jalen Brown in the eight games leading up to the playoffs is going to play better than Jason Tatum. Now for the Celtics, and this is where I'd love to have Daniel uh, from uh, our, our team. Uh, he's a writer uh, for Beach Basket who is a big Boston guy. I'd love to get his thoughts. Um, maybe we will uh, at another time. But I can say this. The Celtics are a good team, also well-coached, um, and kind of like the Raptors, don't have a superstar, but they're just a collective of really, really good players. Uh, Jason Tatum, obviously, is really good. If Jalen Brown, who's also really good, can outshine him in these eight games leading up to the playoffs, that's going to make Boston super, super dangerous. Uh, whether or not it happens, I, I don't know. Both guys are young. I think the eight games are going to favor the young. Um, I think the older players, a player like LeBron, for example, is probably going to take a little bit of time to kind of get his legs. Um, and I know LeBron is superhuman, and I know he's working out, and I know uh, you know LeBron, you know Tony is a huge LeBron fan, but he's not here, so <laughs> I get to say this. Uh, I do think that uh, the older players are going to have a harder time. I think it's going to take them two, three games. Whereas the younger players, man, they're going to from they're going to hit the floor running from the get go. Um, so, you know, is that a bull prediction? Not really. Could it happen? Sure. I don't really care that much about the East. We focus on the West. Uh, so under the third one, this one's interesting. Zion Williams powers the Pels to the playoffs. We talked about Zion already. Um, when we talked about this before, we, we, we had a whole section dedicated to a, uh, a discussion around who's going to take that a spot. And I got the Blazers taking it. Uh, I think the Pelicans are the second favorite, at least, you know, my estimation. They're a good team. They're young. They're hungry. Again, I think youth is going to uh, be served the first few games of this restart. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the the Blazers have uh, you've got the, the veterans that I think over time, you know, after those first two games, um, they're just going to get rolling. Dame Lillard's on a mission. Um, and at the end of the day, I think they're going to take it. But uh, could Zion power the Pelicans into the playoffs? Yeah. Right now, it's a little iffy because he is out of the bubble, and coming back is going to take a little bit of time, so that timeline might be you know, an issue. I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't see the Pelicans taking the A spot. Bull prediction number four, Bleach Report says some team is going to go O and 8. Uh, that'd be rough. Um, they say the usual sus well, the suspects, the uh, most likely suspects to do that are the Wizards, the Nets, and the Suns. And you can see that. The Suns are a team that just barely made it one loss, and they're effectively eliminated. So I could see that. Um, that seems reasonable. I don't think any team's going to go in eight, zero and eight, only because I think by the time you get to the last two game- games, unless you're out in the West, 
where every game is likely going to matter for, well, certainly for the teams playing for that A spot. Um, you know, I think some teams are going to just, you know, when, when they've been eliminated and keep in mind, some of these teams are going to be eliminated after one game, after two or three games, it's going to be out. There's no sense in uh, risking injury. So you're going to see a lot of teams kind of playing shorthanded, which is going to give other teams opportunity to steal games. I don't think anybody's going to go 0 and 8. Um, I see Tony's with us. I don't know if he can hear us. Tony, just if you can, just go ahead and speak up and I'll back up a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to keep going until we know you're with us. Full prediction number five. Westbrook outshines Harden in the eight games leading up to the uh, the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Westbrook's been outshining Harden. Um, I, I could see that happening. Uh, Westbrook looks so motivated. He, um, you know, Harden's had some time off. Obviously, he's an amazing superstar. But shockingly to me, Westbrook has outplayed um, uh, James Harden. He's, you know, just his overall all around game has just been amazing. I could see that happening. Eight games that the the competitor that this guy is, uh, he's just going to you know play through the roof. And if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, he he has contracted the virus, so that too might be a little iffy situation. We'll see, you know, at the end of the day how he is and when he can come back. But wouldn't be surprised to see that. Number six, the Mavs finish with a higher seed than the Nuggets. Right now, the Nuggets are four games ahead with eight games to play. That would mean that uh, the Mavericks just going to tear, and the Nuggets just really don't. <laughs> um, the Nuggets are too good a team to see that. I, I just don't see that happening. We're getting back to you know the youth, I think, having an advantage, certainly two games in. I believe that, and Luka's young. Uh, Prozingis is young. Um, so I could see where... You know, the Mavs might start 2-0 where the Nuggets start 1-1. But I think that's the extent of it. I don't see Dallas catching the Nuggets. Uh, number seven, this was interesting. Giannis and LeBron combine to play fewer than eight games. But between the two of them, of course, there'll be 16 games. So they're, they're, they're saying basically they're going to play eight games combined. I could see that. The Lakers have got the number one seed pretty much sewn up. They uh, are four games, four or five games ahead of the Clippers with eight games to play. They're not worried. They are going to look at these eight games as preseason and warm up. Um, they're going to, they, you know, keep in mind, right? They got J.R. Smith to kind of integrate. They've got uh, Deion Waiters, uh, who still hasn't played a game. He, he signed with them like two, three months ago. Still hasn't played a game for them. They got to integrate these guys into um, the rotation, see what they've got. Uh, they've lost Rondo. Uh, they've lost Avery Bradley. So getting those guards in to the rotation and, and, and building chemistry is critical. So I don't think the Lakers are going to care too much about winning all eight games. Um, certainly, you know, in the ball's tip, they're, they're going to play to win. But coach knows and understands that it's there's a, there's a bigger game, you know, the playoffs ahead. Um, and uh, LeBron, you know, may sit out, which I know LeBron doesn't like to do. Giannis may sit out. Uh, I could see that happening. Uh, I think eight games combined might be a little on the low end, but there's no way they're playing 16 games between the two of them. Um, number eight, the anonymous hotline will have a major impact. We talked about this already, right? Somebody's already snitched on Dwight. Um, 
what happens, you know, when you're when you when you're tied three three, and you see you know your competitor, you know, uh, who slides off his mask to, you know, to take a sip, uh, some soda or something. Um, can you imagine? Um, uh, it's gonna go crazy. I I think there's potential for that, and the NBA is gonna have to be real careful about policing that. Um, is it gonna be abused? I think it's likely. Uh, we've talked about that again in, uh, in other weeks. Um, I think having a major impact is is not particularly likely because there's just nothing that the NBA can do. I mean, if players are going to go out there, you know, and just break every rule, there there certainly are repercussions. But for the most part, the hotline is about a slap on the wrist, right? So major re- impact, I doubt it. Uh, is the hotline going to go crazy? Absolutely. And how much... W- are you like me? Would you sign up to be a hotline operator and be an anonymous hotline? Uh, CP3, are you calling again? All right, hold please. Right? I would do it. Number nine, Dame's going to average 40 points per game. Yeah. He's on a mission. He said he doesn't want to play games that don't count. These games count. Uh, Portland's going to get the A spot. Dame's going to be amazing. 40 is rough, man, but... I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. 35 to 40 for Dame. Absolutely. And the 10th bowl prediction is that the Sixers don't improve playoff seed. The Sixers, surprisingly, again, I'm not a big East guy. I'll watch them. I, you know, certainly I'm aware of the teams, but I don't follow a lot of the East Coast teams. Um, I was surprised to find out that the Sixers were sixth in the East. That's surprising to me. Um, Bleach Report's bowl prediction is they're not going to improve on that sixth uh, seeding over eight games. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't see the, the Sixers unless they go eight no or seven and one and, and really improve their seating and you know beat some teams. Um yeah, I just I don't see them coming out of the East. Um so that one's iffy. Those are bleacher reports, Temple predictions. I'm gonna leave you with mine. Unfortunately, Tony, who jumped on for a split second, couldn't join us. Um and Tony, if you can hear, uh, if you're watching. Sorry, man, I missed you. Uh, uh, you know, I enjoy uh, talking with you. Um, hopefully next week uh, things will work out. Um, thank you to all of you who joined. Uh, again, I'm still learning, and I've got to take the time to understand this platform better. But I do see the uh, baby who tipped us, uh, National Love, Devo. Thank you all. Bull, appreciate you all taking the time to uh, sit and listen to me for a little bit. I'm going to leave you with my bold prediction. In the eight games leading up to the NBA playoffs, such as they are, the Lakers, who've got eight games and are a little battered, are going to go sub 500 in those eight games. Now, there's a couple reasons why I say that. Number one, they've got to integrate those two players, uh, JR and Dion. They're, they're down two players, Rondo and AB. They've got a big enough lead in um, seeding, in the number one seed, that these games aren't going to matter that much. Win or lose isn't going to matter. Health is going to matter. Chemistry is going to matter. So the Lakers are going to go three uh, and five, but it's not going to matter. They're still going to take the number one seed, and they're going to play the Portland Trailblazers in in what's going to be an amazing first round battle. That's my bold prediction. Would love to hear yours. We are Peach Basket. We cover the Lakers and the Clippers. We've been doing it for three seasons and are excited to do it into the future. 
thank you all for taking the time to uh, listen to me. Hopefully next week it'll be me and some other voices. But thank you all. Uh, hit up our site um, at Peach Basket. There should be a link um, on our profile here. And we'd love to hear from you. What are your bold predictions? What do you think is going to happen? We got 10 days, 22 hours, 19 minutes, and 28, 27, 26 seconds. Not that anyone's counting. We'll talk to you next week. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's is money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Peach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports. Debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming tune on there. The Peach Basket, where the news begins.